Raise your hand if you either drive or have driven a crappy car. Anyone ever driven a crappy car? Do you know what a crappy car is? This is the kind that you're like kind of embarrassed to drive, but you're like, dude, at least, at least I got wheels. At least I got wheels, you know? And as a dude, at least, sometimes we get into this thing where we're like, well, I got to pick up this girl, right, for a date. And you're like, dude, I don't want to drive my crappy car. And so you call your dad and you're like, dad, can I use your car, please, for this date, you know? I love crappy cars. Now, if you had your hand raised, tell me some of the personalities of your car. Pete, I know you. (laughs) Pete, Pete, how do you know your car is a crappy car? Where do we start? start? It doesn't. That's the problem. It doesn't start. Yeah, that's a crappy car. My friend, uh, Addie, where is she? Mm. You guys know Addie? She's right here. Her car is hilarious. I guess I got it fixed, but it was so funny. She has this little tiny focus thing, right? And uh, she was like, dude, the, the speakers crackle. And I was like, yeah, speakers do that sometimes. No, no, no. I sit in it, and it's like all the time. It doesn't stop, and it's at full volume. That's a crappy car. That's a crappy car. Who else has a crappy car? Do you, Kennedy? You used to. What was your crappy car? Mini, why was it crappy? <laughs> it shook when it drove like you're on a roller coaster. <laughs> hey guys, this is adorable, right? Yeah, that's a crappy car. Anyone else crappy car? Who is that? Jack Jack? You're t- <laughs> That's a crappy car. Yep, you got a crappy car. Dar won't close right. That's crappy stuff. <laughs> Casey's got a car, the hood won't go. All of a sudden, you'd be driving, right? And it'd go wham and hit your windshield. That's a crappy car, man. That's a crappy car. I, uh, here's a shoe. Hunter, did, you don't drive crappy cars. You drive nice things. Hut, hut, hike. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. So I've always driven crappy cars. I've always driven crappy cars. But one of the worst ones I ever had was a 1992 Ford Escort. I got a picture of it. Check it out. Look at this baby. Mm. Oh, yeah. That color. That's, that's not the actual one, but that's dang classic. It looks exactly what I had, dude. 1992. Here's how I knew it was crappy, right? So, and you probably have never seen this because it's not a thing anymore, but it has this automatic seat belt. You ever seen those? Okay, so you know most cars you like grab the seat belt. Ding. All right. This one, the seat belt goes like this. And then he shut the door and he goes, me. The problem is mine didn't do me anymore. So I just didn't really have a seatbelt. And, okay, this is the best part, right? I bought this car for $900, 900 bucks. Um, and it had a $2,000 sound system. This guy had four 1,500-watt amps which are the big things that make the speakers really loud. So much so that it has these things, it had a second battery, and it had this thing called a capacitor, which creates battery flow. And it had four, four 10-inch Alpine D subs. This sucker bumped. I mean, oh my gosh. This, you just imagine, and it had an exhaust system, so I was like, what? But it was the slowest car in the world. 94 horsepower. Mm. Most of your cars have like 250, um, you know, so 
it took me about one year to get up to 60. Actually, I used to drive to Denver every day for school, and I'd be in the fast lane, right, doing 75, and if somebody cut me off or made me slow down, I'd get so mad, because it would take me another like three minutes to get back to 75. <laughs> but here's how I knew it was a crappy car. I didn't even realize, the first day I'm driving, I'm driving my, my buddy Billy, right, and you guys have actually seen Billy before. I call him short arm Billy, because he got short arms, right? Short arm Billy, good guy. I'm driving with my buddy Billy, and we're like bumping to some Usher, and JT, you know, and because you got those big subs, anyone who's heard subs before, they're actually really obnoxious. You don't actually hear any music, you just hear Cool. This is the best music ever. All you hear is obnoxious. Um, and while I'm driving, my buddy Billy thinks it's hilarious to reach over and honk the horn. Right? Ooh, cool, dude, you're honking the horn. The problem is, the first week I had it, the problem is, I didn't know that the horn was broken. No, 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 no. It works. It just would get stuck. <laughs> and he hit that thing so hard. So ever since then, I would just be driving down the road, you know, listening to my sweet music, and just... I drive to Denver every day to go to Metro, so I'm sitting in traffic, right, and just ran, like, hey, just saying hi, just want to say hi, hi, friendly, get out of the way, there's nowhere to go, one time I was going through the car wash, couldn't turn it off. <laughs> you know, you get to the car wash and you get that, you have to line up your wheel, you know, and it feels, I feel like if you can't line up your wheel, you ever watch somebody do it? You ever watch somebody like my, <clears throat> I love my mom. She can't drive. This wonderful woman, I'm like, oh. I remember one time I was going to the car wash and she's like trying to line up the wheel. Where do I go? It says, put your wheel here. Go there. How do I get there? Uh, Mom, maybe we should take your license. Anyway, I remember one time I'm driving through the car wash. Stupid freaking car wash in Highlands Ranch, right? And the whole, I could not turn it off. Just, the guy turns off the car wash. And I'm like, he turns it off and he comes. Are you okay? Everything's fine. I've had some crappy cars. I'll tell you what. So then this other thing about this car, all right? This is the weirdest part. So it has this antenna, right? Most of your cars just have a normal antenna. It's just sitting there its whole life. You can kind of see it right here on the very far back left corner. It has this antenna that you have to pull out. But if you leave it out all the time, like on the freeway, it'll just be hitting the top. Ding, 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 ding. Who designed that? So, you know, you pull it out when you're like, yeah, I want to listen to the radio. And then you have to put it back in. So stupid. But the problem was I have long arms, but the way it was, you couldn't reach it, you know? So to get the antenna out, you have to pull over, you know? Good thing my horn works, you know, so everybody knows. 
get out and pull out this really long antenna. That's a crappy car. We've all had crappy cars. <laughs> if you haven't had one, get one. They're hilarious. They all have personality, and you love it for it. Because you're like, I don't know if this car's going to honk at me today or not. It's going to be awesome. You're awkwardly waving at Grandma. Sorry. Hi. But one of the weird things about this car was this weird antenna. And I like the Rockies. I, I, I like listening to the Rockies. And, and so every once in a while, you know, the Rockies game would be on. And I'd be driving home from school. I'd be on the freeway. But I couldn't reach the antenna. I'd have to pull over to pull out the antenna and then turn on the Rockies game. And I started to realize in my crappy little car, I did two things, right? I, I, I made some friends because I waved at everybody. Made some enemies because I honked at everybody. But I also, every time I was in that car, because the stupid horn didn't work, I just blasted my lyrics, you know? Blasted some JT. I used to listen to a lot of Tech, tech, tech 9. They're kind of hard. I used to listen to some pretty hard rap, and I would just blast it so I didn't have to hear this horn. And I would just drown out the noise of the world, the noise of my crappy car, with my big old subs. I would just drown out the noise with my crappy car. And then when I wanted to listen to the radio, I'd pull out my antenna so that I could get reception and listen to the radio. And I realized the same thing is a little bit true in our lives. A lot of us are living lives that are mm, crappy sometimes. You're stuck in traffic. You feel like you're not getting anywhere. Your wheels are spinning. On this car, the clutch went out. And what that means is when you hit the gas and let the clutch out, it doesn't go anywhere. And sometimes maybe our lives feel the same way. And what do I do? Instead, instead of fixing the problem, instead of fixing the horn on my car, instead of fixing how the antenna works, instead of fixing the clutch, all I did was I turned up the music. And I would drown out the problems I have. I would drown out the issues that I have. I would drown out life with more noise. But every once in a while, every once in a while I paid attention. Every once in a while I cared enough to pull over and pull out my antenna. So I could hear something that I actually wanted to hear. So I could listen to something that I actually wanted to hear. So I could actually do something that I was trying to accomplish instead of just drowned out the noise. In your life, for those of you who call Jesus Christ your savior, When's the last time you pulled over to pull out the antenna? When's the last time you stopped and said, I have to turn down the noise and take out my antenna so that I can hear what I want to hear? Because I'm living this life sick of drowning out the noise. I'm just living this life ignoring the problems. I'm just living this life barely making it through. I'm just living in a way that I'm just trying to make it to school. Do you ever pull over and pull out the antenna and listen to the one you actually want to hear? Or are you just trapped listening to the noise? Or are you just stuck trying to drown out the things around me with louder and louder music? Or are you just trying your own version of therapy 
by doing something else that you don't even want to do, but it means I don't have to focus on the problems that I have or the friendships or relationships that matter. Instead, all I do is listen to louder and louder music. What happens when it's not enough? What happens when a couple drinks doesn't do it anymore? What happens when running around or creating havoc or creating drama within our own lives and blaming somebody else for our problems, what happens if that doesn't work anymore? At some point, either we crash because the car is breaking down, or do we admit that maybe there's an issue and I need to pull over and pull out that antenna. I need to pause. I need to pause and say, can I just pull out this antenna? And I want to hear the one thing my heart actually desires, the creator of the universe. It's not easy. That's the hardest thing to do because I have to stop. I have to actually admit that I want to listen. Today, we're finishing up James. James chapter 5, and, and, and James chapter 5 is packed with a lot of beautiful information and things that can touch our heart. But I wanted to focus on just a few verses, the one specifically about prayer. James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. And I wanted to talk about prayer tonight, just for a few minutes. So just for the next few minutes, I want to ask this. For those of us in the room who know Jesus, can we just, can we just open our hearts to not what Jeremy has to say, but to what God might have to say? To those of us in the room who are trying to figure out Jesus or don't know Jesus or don't understand this God thing, hey, you're in good company. I don't know if I understand either. I do know one thing. There's a Savior who died for me, rose again, and because of that, I get to go to heaven and have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And if that's the season you're in, could we just try? Could we just try together and say, maybe there's this God who wants to say something to me? If you have your Bibles, you can read with me. James chapter 5, 13 to 18. It'll be on the screen too. Um, This is the NLT, which is just my personal preference. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as you and I are, and yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall and none fell for three and a half years. We see that in 1 Kings. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield for its crops. In this one section, we see James talk about prayer a lot and there's actually a lot more to it. But one thing that we can gather, we can gather a lot from what he's saying, but one thing we can all agree on is prayer is important. The author is clearly going to say pray and prayer and praises again and again to make one point that prayer matters. Prayer changes things. Prayer has power. In the Old Testament, now see, I believe that that what happened in the Bible actually happened in real life. The Bible is a historical document that's anointed by God. It shows and tells the story of what happened. 
In the Old Testament, there's this guy who Elijah, he's just a human. And he prays for God not to let it rain, and it doesn't just by his prayer. And the day, it's so cool, First um, Kings chapter 17, the day he asks for, for the rains to come, they flood everywhere because they were so desperate for rain. Prayer has power. Prayer has power. Prayer has so much power. We don't even realize it. If you're like me, I, I grew up where I pray at dinner. Dear Jesus, thank you for this dinner. And the cooks who prepared for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's eat. But the reality is we forget a massive step. Prayer has power. Prayer has power. Prayer matters. Prayer changes things. But most of us, myself included, we live a life in our crappy car that's barely getting along. One tire might be flat, maybe the speedometer doesn't work, maybe it doesn't start half the time. Most mornings I wake up and I'm not sure if I'm going to make it through this day. Most mornings I wake up and I wonder, am I going to be able to even make it to school? I don't know. I remember praying over my car and saying, Jesus, please let me get to school. Most days, we're barely making it. We're in this crappy car. And because we're barely making it and maybe the horn is going off all the time, instead of, instead of dealing with the problems in front of us, what we do is we turn the noise up. We make the things we can handle matter. We turn it up as a distraction. Now that distraction, it might be Netflix or, or HBO or Hulu. It might be a video game. It might be text messages. It might be you purposely and intentionally creating drama within your friendships so that there's something you can control. And the reality is the car's breaking down. The car's breaking down and I'm just trying to ignore it. (laughs) I'm just trying to get through it. And God is sitting here screaming. And maybe we're not listening and he sits in front of us and he says, son or daughter, Pull over and pull out the antenna because I just want to speak with you. When was the last time you spent time where you pulled over, you took a break, maybe you stopped, maybe you ignored some of the noise and said, instead, I'm going to listen to what I really want to hear. Takes work but it's worth it. It is so worth it to pull out the antenna. You see, most of us, we've been taught that prayer is what we do as an action. Right? Pretty regularly here, I don't think it's bad, but we have prayer requests. And together I say, hey, can you pray for me because I have this issue? The problem is when we consider prayer just that. If prayer is just prayer requests, we miss the whole other half. Prayer is not just me complaining to a creator. Prayer is a two-way street of communication, but you have to stop and put up your antenna. You have to turn down the noise around you because even though we have a great big God, 
who could speak through the fire, who could speak through the wind, who could speak through the thunder, as it says in the Old Testament. He comes in a gentle whisper. Because our God is a selfish God. He wants all of you. He doesn't just want some of you. He doesn't want half of your heart. He wants all of your heart. When we, when we spend time to stop the car, to put out our antenna and say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, that is prayer. I never understood why people were excited about following Jesus. For a long time, I always just thought it was a bunch of rules that made life more boring. And it wasn't until I had a mentor that said, the excitement and adventure of life come through a personal relationship with Jesus, not this Jesus that I'm a fan of. You see, I can be a fan of many things. I'm a fan of the Rockies. I listen to the Rockies. I want to go to Rockies games. I watch them on TV. I learn about the Rockies, but I'm just a fan. I don't have a relationship with them. How long have you been just a fan of Jesus? How long is he just there? I have him. He's good. But you don't have a relationship. And I want to tell you the first step. A, know his word. B, prayer. And when you pray, you do not have to speak. When you pray and you turn down the noise around you, that's the adventure. That's the excitement of life. That's why you see weird guys who are in love with this Jesus guy. Because all of a sudden life has meaning, life has purpose, life is exciting when you're getting instructions and relationship with the guy who created the universe. Prayer is the difference between having a relationship with Jesus and being a fan. Prayer is the difference between being a fan of Jesus and having a relationship with him. And not just the prayer where I quickly say, Jesus, thank you for tonight. Let us learn from you, amen. But the type of prayer where we turn down the noise, put up our antenna and listen. If Jesus felt the need to pray, how much more should we be in prayer? If you remember, or maybe you haven't read it, but in the New Testament, there's these gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All it means is it's God's word, the good news. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see the story of Jesus. And often, Jesus pulled over to the side of the road to put up his antenna and pray. If Jesus, God's son, he is God, felt the need to pray, how much more? Do we have to turn down the noise? If you're like me, the hardest practice is turning down the noise. Too often do I binge watch, I really like Big Bang Theory right now. Too often do I binge watch New Girl. Too often do I spend time playing video games just to ignore things. And I don't realize that at the time I'm thinking, great, this is fun entertainment, but the reality is the car is breaking down. And instead of putting up my antenna, I'm just going to turn up the noise. You've probably heard somebody say, or my grandma used to say this all the time, 
In a difficult situation, when it was out of our control, my grandma or, our, or my mom even would say, well, at this point, all we can do is pray. Never heard something like that? Well, just pray for them. That helps. Well, the only thing we can do now is pray. The reality is this. That's an easy write-off to say, well, just pray. And often we just think, okay, good, I'll think about them. But when we finally come to the end of ourselves, when I can no longer do it, when my clutch goes out and my car's not going to move anymore, when I put all the energy, passion into whatever my life has become, and I'm at a point where if I don't pull over now, I'm going to lose it, when we finally come to the end of ourselves, we ultimately come to the beginning of God. And guess what? Maybe that's why he's putting you through challenges and hardship. It's not fun. It's not fair. But maybe God is putting you through difficult things, so you have to break down and find him. So you have to realize, I can't do it alone, but I've got a God that's bigger than that. As the band comes up, I just have one more thought. You see, I believe that prayer is powerful. I believe prayer makes a difference. I believe we should pray for our elders, we should pray for our leaders, we should pray for our friends, we should pray for our teachers. But I think, I think I have failed you, I think the church has failed you, I think we misunderstand that prayer is not just requests sent out to God, but instead, prayer is me putting out my antenna and hearing from Him. We forget that part. And I don't think we forget it on purpose, but instead we forget because it's hard. It's hard to turn down the noise and admit and listen and tune into the one voice that matters. The one voice I've been desperately seeking my whole life. You can decide who you are. Are you the type of person that is going to walk through life, continuing to raise the volume of distraction around you as more things start to break, as relationships start to get hurt, as the people around you are hurt? Are you going to continue to raise the volume as the struts go out and now your car makes sounds when it goes over bumps? Are you gonna to continue to raise the sound around you because you feel inadequate or not good enough or not pretty enough or don't have enough friends? So instead what I do is I raise the noise. And when you do that and now all of a sudden live for yourself. And maybe the only praise and glory that I get, the only time I feel good about myself is when my horn weirdly goes off and people wave at me. Now I have someone's attention, finally. How long does that last? How long can you keep the noise going, begging for the attention of everybody around you and it never being enough? Or are you gonna make the decision? pull over 
pull up your antenna and tune in to this God who loves you, to this God who just wants to show you that you are valuable, that you have worth, that you don't need anything else, that you don't need anyone else, that you don't need the noise. All I need is my antenna up to have a connection with my Father. As we go into worship, my last thought is how does that look like practically? I think there's a couple ways. I'll tell you some of the ways I do it. I know for worship at least, and worship is some way that God talks to me sometimes. Um, I have found for me personally, maybe this is you, maybe it's not, that if I spend you know, even 30 seconds to raise my antenna, as silly as that sounds, it helps me understand what I'm supposed to do to open my heart and mind to what God has instead of the problems around me or trying to impress the people or not, or not be embarrassed by the people around me. One of the ways that I do that during worship is I personally like my own corner. There's a reason I don't really sit or stand next to anyone during worship. It's because I just want me and God. You're welcome to do that anytime we have worship here. We have a great big room, and if you want to find your own corner, that's wonderful. The other thing that I need to do, and you guys can help me keep accountable with this, um, is spend a morning. Even just 10 minutes, you'd be amazed how long 10 minutes last. Even 10 minutes and say... Flip over a piece of paper and write down the things that are just driving you nuts, the things that you're clearly ignoring. Write them down, let the paper worry about it, and say, I'm going to raise my antenna so that Jesus can speak to me. And spend 10 minutes. I used to set an alarm. Maybe start with two. And during those two minutes, cry as hard as you can. It takes practice. It takes work. It's not easy. You have to do this for multiple weeks or maybe months in a row for it to finally connect. But during those minutes, just say, speak, Lord your servant is listening maybe maybe not maybe he brings up a thought you don't know why that was brought up write it down maybe that's God saying hey you need to work on this or maybe it's a distraction I don't know that's hard to tell those two ways are the ways that I often turn down the noise of this world raise my antenna connect to my savior Let me pray and we'll jump into worship. Jesus.